to be in the house of the Lord today. Oh, come on. We got to do better than that. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Yeah. Hey, isn't this better than being in the best hospital in all of California? Isn't this better than being in the best jail in all of California? All right, all right, you're getting there. We'll get you this morning. Praise God. Well, we're going to have an awesome service together today. We've got a good word from the Lord for you. And it's just great to be together with the family of God. Let's stand up today. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we are going to keep believing and declaring that this nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen this morning? Amen. All right, let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Yeah. Alright, we're going to take a few minutes here to go do a little meet and greet time. So find somebody, give them a nice handshake, fist bump, high five, or a hug. And i got to tell you, we have some very special guests today. My friends in the back row here, I don't want to mess their names up. They came all the way from Germany today, so let's welcome them. They're passing through Barstow, but they wanted to come to church today, so we welcome them. Amen. Go find somebody and spread some love today. Let's go.
Sit down. No, 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 no. <laughs> Robert, Robert's this weird guy that actually enjoys summer, and, and nobody else does, right? No, no. We, I'm all about the winter and the fall time in the Mojave Desert, but that's okay. You know what? There's hope for you. At the end of the service, raise your hand. We'll lead you to the right way, brother. Okay? Amen. All right. Praise God. Go ahead. Gratitude is a beautiful thing. Are you on? We are training in the sound booth today. Great. On. 
So I said, gratitude is a beautiful thing. It is. We're having the best summer we've had in forever. Amen. Let's give God praise for that. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord, right? So you got to be grateful. Amen. Anyway, our Honduras team is returning today. Yeah. They've done, yeah. They've done vacation Bible school. They've done welding. They've rebuilt doors. It's been really cool. Wow. It's been awesome. It's been a blessing to that team down there. And uh, membership is coming. Membership. Plus. Not next Sunday night, the Sunday night after that. I don't know how you're going to walk over there. Try your mic now. <laughs> you're on. Try. Test. Oh, there it is. Well done, Isaiah. Well done. Okay, so I've just got to tell you. So, you know, when you're serving in the body and you're where God wants you to be and it's fun to serve the Lord and then you can't let go of it because you just love it so much, that's not helpful. Okay? (laughs) Sometimes you want to take a vacation. Anyway, Mr. Tom has been in the sound booth for ever forever and that was his little area anyone let anyone touch it well now mr tom is supervising isn't that wonderful thank you tom for supervising. <laughs> and and quiet little isaiah is not so little anymore and not really so quiet anymore um but instead of making beats quietly alone in his room now he's like using it for the lord because he's a genius anyway we love you isaiah i'm sorry i embarrassed you thank you for serving the lord anyway that being said uh membership class is coming on sunday the 9th it's over here okay if you would like to know more about the church or if you would like to spend three hours with pastor dave or if you would like to connect officially with the family sunday night the ninth from four to seven and yes there is food involved okay it will be in victory hall and there is child care available yes there is child care available the other thing i'm supposed to announce is you young adults if you have turned 18 and you took membership class before you were 18 same information but the first one doesn't count, okay? <laughs> so I need you to sign it as an adult, okay? So round two of Hanging with Pastor Dave, if you have turned 18 and need to take membership class. Also, the following week, on the 16th, we're going to have a church barbecue. We're going to have a church barbecue. And it's sort of like a big family party, which is great. And Pastor's birthday is the next day. Now, can I just tattle on ourselves a little bit? You know, sometimes when you have a big family, there are people that you shouldn't forget, but you do. So I was having a conversation with Pastor, telling him how excited we are about having this family barbecue. And I said, it's kind of like the one we did for your birthday a couple of years ago. And he's like, oh, so you planned it for my birthday since it's the day before? And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. So anyway, the next day after this is pastor's birthday. So come have some hamburgers with us. Okay. There's a uh, sign up sheet at the info booth for you to bring again. It's going to be, uh, wait, next week there's a sign up sheet. Okay. Our event director, Renee, who's over here is telling me next week, next week, 
No sign up this week, but be pondering that. We'll have hamburgers, hot dogs, sides, that kind of thing. Make sure that you sign up next week, okay? Um, this week is the Harvest Fest planning meeting, and only a few of you have signed up. If you would like to be a part of planning Harvest Fest, either sign up before worship happens or at the info booth. Baptisms are coming at the very end of July. It's one of our very favorite things. So if you have made your commitment to the Lord, asked him into your life, and you're ready to say that before everyone, we would love to have you be baptized on the 30th, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Yes. So we used to only do them Sunday mornings, but then we have this whole other Sunday night crowd. So if you've never come to church and met the Sunday night crowd, you need to come to Sunday night. Okay. So anyway, the 30th baptisms, um, you can sign up for that at the info booth as well. That's all I got for today. Oh, if you're with us, sorry, you can clap if you want to clap. If you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, wave at me. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Right here and in our back row, the first time with us today. Thank you for being with us. We have some information about the church for you. If you would fill out that little card, we have a gift for you at the information booth. Very good. All right. Mrs. Pastor is going to come up this morning and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. So who knows what time it is? Yeah, it is happy time that God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everybody. Hola. Como esta? Vaya con Dios. Pollo. Carne. Donde esta el baño? Donde esta el aeropuerto? Donde esta el restaurante? I do speak Spanish a tiny little bit, little bit better than that. So it was amazing how much of it did come out when I was speaking to down there to the to the people. But what really shocked me at the uh, the uh, the school, the uh, the orphanage there, there's, there's it's both. There's 64 students there. 19 are orphans and live there. The young man that did a lot of our translating for for pastor. His name is Andres. He's 22 years old. He grew up at the orphanage since he was two years old, learned how to speak English there. So a lot of the children are being taught English, and a lot of the, a lot of them just can speak just perfect English. And so uh, Ron and Annette told me last night that they hired Andres, you know, a while back to be their English teacher at the school. So great young man, you know. So isn't that a, isn't that a wonderful story? So 19 of the kids are orphans that do stay on the property. And uh, you know what? I don't feel sorry for them one bit. I felt sorry for America when I came back because that place has 29 acres. They're self-sustaining. You know, they've got their own cattle, their own pigs, their own gardens, their own fruit falling off the trees, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, if something came down in America, we wouldn't know what to do. We don't have a garden. We don't have cattle. We don't, you know what I mean? So don't feel sorry for them. They're doing great. And the kids are outstanding. The children down there are outstanding. Very polite. They're, um, a lot of them speak English, as I said, very, very well. And they want to learn. Those that don't, they, you know, they're just talking away to you. 
very attentive, very polite, very loving. And uh, it was amazing. One day, Dulce, Martine, Dulce and Martine oversee the place when the Thesans aren't there while well, they live there anyway. And Martine speaks English, but Dulce doesn't. But one afternoon, she wanted to come over to the mission house where we were and bake cookies. So she brings like five teenage girls with her. Dulce doesn't speak English. And uh, I was shocked. I was sitting there cutting out things for a, for a Cindy's Vacation Bible School, which she wrote all by herself, did all the crafts by herself, did everything by herself. She's a wonder woman. And she told me, she sent me a picture. She said the last day she was there that um, the children gathered all around her because they wanted to put her in the middle and pray for her that she'd come back next year. So I already got Fiona's going next year. She already told me that. So she's she wanted to go this year, but she's coming next year. So that's cool. So anyway, um, I don't know why I say. Oh, so that the, she brought five teenage girls with her. A couple of them are helping me cut out crowns for vacation Bible school, and the rest of them are helping cook. But what got me was they they jump up and do the dishes. They grab the broom, sweep the floor, take out the trash. I mean, you don't have to sit there and argue with them, you know. You know what I'm saying? Man alive. But here's a clue. They don't have telephones and they don't have TV. (laughs) So they can be themselves. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So much for that. That's my lesson on Honduras. Okay. So for today, for tithes and offerings, I'm going to be reading to you from Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. And I'm in the New King James. This is such a cool thing. It says, here. Where's here? Where's here? Here? You mean right here? You mean high desert word center here? Okay. Here, mortal men. Who are mortal men? Mortal men are men that are born into the earth. They grow up. They die. They go to heaven. As compared to Jesus who lives forever. Here, mortal men receive tithes. But there, where's there? Heaven. He's looking down. He receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. So to me, that's a powerful scripture. Amen. So hallelujah. So if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand and our ushers will be more than happy to serve you. Hallelujah. And then when you get all that ready, you can stand up and we'll say our financial, say that financial faith confession. Okay. (laughs) Amen. All right. Got the confession for me, Tim? There we go. All right. You ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, Blessings and increase. Thank Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings, and stay up here, and let's praise the Lord together. Let's have zeal for the Lord on today. Amen. If there's one thing I'm asking, one thing I'm needing, 
Break every chain, 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 break every chain. Do that again. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is
up. That's not just something we uh, that we uh, we made up. No, there is power in the name of Jesus because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the same stories we read out of the Bible, they can absolutely happen today, and they do happen today for those that believe in Jesus and call upon the name of the Lord. Hey, I was uh, going to share a testimony with you this morning. Uh, some of you were here on Wednesday night, or maybe you got to watch online a little bit, and you saw that uh, we, we laid hands on a little baby blanket because one of our church members, uh, Jamie, uh, her granddaughter uh, was born last Monday. And uh, before the baby was ever born, the, and the ultrasounds and everything, the doctors could tell that the left side of her heart was not developing, and they were very worried about it. Uh, so they wanted her to be born at UCLA um, uh, last Friday. It was all scheduled. Well, Mama, her name's Valeria, went into uh, labor Monday, and they had to go to Barstow Hospital, and the baby was born. Now, when the baby's born, they're like, wait, she's she's breathing okay, and and uh, I mean, uh, and, and she's totally healthy. It was incredible. So Pastor Katie and I got over there. They still wanted to take her down the hill and to check things out. So we got over there. We got to pray over her, and the nurse that came up from Loma Linda uh, was laying hands on this baby, speaking the name of Jesus and everything, and so uh, they still, you know, they, the, the left side of her heart still needed surgery. So on Friday, uh, they scheduled it. They said this is going to be an eight-hour surgery, and it was going to be just this big ordeal. Well, they had, you know, this blanket that we anointed on Wednesday night with her and everything. And the surgery, uh, they did it. It didn't take eight hours. It took about five hours. And uh, the baby, they said, well, we're just going to leave her chest split open for about three days. Because, no, they, they closed her up right then. And the baby is doing 100% perfect. Amen. As of the day. So, hallelujah. So don't tell me that there is not power in the name of Jesus. You're too late to tell me, amen, because I know that there is power in the name of Jesus. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, amen. But we got to believe it. It's not a good luck charm. It's not just something that we throw out there in a real pinch. We believe it, and we declare it, and we trust in the name of the Lord, and we see miracles happen all the time. Amen. So can we give the Lord one more shout of praise today? Hallelujah. There is power in your name, Jesus, and we thank you for it today. Amen. Well, hey, praise God. I don't know. I just feel like we're not quite done yet. Can we sing that uh, there is power in the name of Jesus, that chorus one more time, Josh? Amen. Let's go one more time, one more round. we got to do this. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Make every change. Make every change. Make every change. 
volume in the sound booth if you could all right praise the lord all right what a time we've had so far man praise god who's glad to be at church today amen telling you all you picked a great day to be in the house of the lord because like i always say every day is a good day to be in the house of the lord amen well, do you know what our series has been called so far uh, over the last several weeks? Anybody know what we've been talking about up in here? Grown-ups, yeah, we're talking about growing up spiritually, amen? And so one thing that we've looked at a lot of things because today is part seven, but one thing that we have discovered is just because you've gone to church for a really long time or just because you've been a Christian for a really long time, that does not mean that you're a grown-up just yet. And and so what means that you're a grown-up is when you start to not only hear the word of God, but to do 
the Word of God. And we have seen a lot of things over the last six lessons, but today we're going to be digging into a spiritual law that you have to get a hold of, and every mature Christian gets this. And every immature Christian does not get this. And so this is something really big for us to understand, all right? So a little bit of an intro to what we're talking about, because I want to get us all on the same page here, is this, is that new as New Testament Christians, uh, we understand that we no longer live under the law. Who knows that you are not technically living under the law of Moses, the old covenant, the old covenant law. All right, we get that. But we do know there are still spiritual laws. You know this, right? That there are still spiritual laws that God put into place that do still exist. So you may not live under the law of Moses, but I'm telling you this morning, you do still live under spiritual laws that do still exist and are still in place. Now today, we're going to talk about one of the main laws, one of the absolute main laws within God's kingdom that we have to respect and we have to work with, or I can promise you other things are not going to go right. And the law that we're talking about today is called the law of sowing and reaping. Who in here has ever heard, you reap what you sow? Right? Or you harvest what you plant. And that's what we're talking about today. So if you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will hand you an outline to follow along with. Uh, But we're going to get into some stuff this morning. All right. And so I don't know if you've learned this much. There's there's uh, legal laws that you have to obey or you get yourself in trouble. There's spiritual laws that you have to obey or you're going to get yourself in trouble. There's even scientific laws that you have to obey or you get yourself in trouble. Who who in here has ever heard of the law of gravity? Who believes in the law of gravity? I I, I believe it because I've experienced it. You know, I was just a regular, normal teenage boy, so I did dumb things. I jumped off of roofs. I threw things at people. You know, all sorts of stupid things like a teenage boy does. And if you didn't believe in the law of gravity, well, hey, when it hits you... You're a believer now, amen? (laughs) Whether you believe in it or not, it's a real thing. But here's the deal with any law. You can either uh, disobey it and disrespect it and get hurt, or you can harness that law for really good things because we know that you can use the law of gravity to really help you. I mean, you can roll large objects downhill, right? And and save yourself some, some trouble and, and, and lots of other ways you can do it. Who in here has heard of the different laws of electricity? Amen? Yeah, there are laws. Now, who knows that electricity, if abused, could seriously harm you and bring lots of damage to your life? Amen. I was also a teenage boy that probably abused the laws of electricity. I've shocked myself a few times. Am I the only male in this room that's done some of these dumb things? You boys are going to leave me like that. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah. Hey, I see you. I'm coming. All right. So check it out. Listen, listen. And just because you disagree with that law or you don't believe in it, it doesn't matter. It's still a real thing. You misuse it, you'll pay the price. If you harness it for good, it's a really great thing. Who really enjoys the benefits of the laws of electricity? 
Amen? You enjoy air conditioning. Uh, you enjoy using your internet. You enjoy using your... You love it! It's great because you're using it in the right way. Well, I'm telling you, there are spiritual laws and the law of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest is one of the major spiritual laws that could absolutely bless your life. Or it could do a lot of damage to your life if you use it the wrong way. So I want to open up the Bible this morning to Galatians chapter 6. That's going to be our main verse. Galatians chapter 6. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to look here starting at verse 7. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to pick it up here at verse 7. And we're going to, we're going to come back to this verse a lot of times today. So you may just want to hold a place there. Uh, but Galatians 6, and we're going to look at verse 7. And I'm going to end up looking at it in several different translations too. So Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to look here at verse 7. It tells us this, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Who knows that it's not probably a very good idea to try to mock God. Anyone else? I mean, if there's anybody you're going to mock and, 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 you know, kind of make fun of, you know, that's probably not a great idea anyway. But if you're going to do it to somebody, don't do it to God. It says you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest. And so who thinks that you will sometimes reap what you sow? You will, yeah, listen. Will you sometimes reap what you sow or will you always every single time reap what you sow? You'll always reap what you sow. And again, the sooner we get a hold of this, the sooner that we can leverage this for our good. Now, where did this actually all come from? I want you to, again, you can hold your spot there. We're going to go all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 8. Can we go to Genesis chapter 8? Amen. All right. I'm just laying the groundwork here so we can get into some stuff. Genesis chapter 8. And we're going to look here at verse 22. And so this is way in the beginning. Genesis chapter 8. And we're going to look here at verse 22. And this is a promise from God. This is when he put a spiritual law into motion. And this law has never changed. It has never uh, been canceled. It has never uh, been taken off the books. It is still a real deal. Genesis chapter 8, and we're going to look here at verse 22. It says this, as long as the earth remains. Uh, is anybody right now, you currently reside on earth? Okay, we have a few Martians or something in our midst. Okay, no, we all live on planet Earth, right? And so, as far as I can tell, the Earth is still here. It has, and now someday it won't be. And make no mistake, it's going to get burned up someday. Look at what Peter wrote in the New Testament. But until then, the Earth remains. And so, as long as the Earth remains, there will always be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And so the Lord right there, way back in Genesis, listed several things that will always exist as long as we have 
planet earth. Amen. And so one of those things that are right at the very beginning, he said, there will always be planting and harvesting, sowing and reaping. And so this applies to so many things. This applies naturally speaking, right? You can, you can plant seeds in the ground and guaranteed every time the right seed in the right soil with the right uh, atmosphere, okay, we're talking about the right amount of water, the right amount of sunshine, it will always produce a harvest every single time. And you're like, well, I didn't see that happen. Well, maybe you didn't use the right water. Maybe you didn't use the right seed. But I'm telling you, God's not a liar. Listen, it will always happen until this earth is over. There will always be planting and harvesting. Now, this is talking naturally speaking. We get that. But all the way into the New Testament, what we just looked at, it's spiritually speaking. You will always reap what you sow. This will never, ever end. And so if you are going to grow up spiritually, if you're going to get stronger and be a mature Christian, you do not deny this fact. You live your life by this fact right here. You know you will always reap what you sow. Now, other religions call it things like karma. And of course, I don't agree with other religions, but the general idea is true. What you do to other people will end up happening to you. God said it. I didn't say it. Another phrase that we use is, well, what goes around comes around. And again, that's not exactly what the Bible says, but it is a true statement. You cannot go around treating other people wrong and expect to be treated right. If you do, you've beat the system and God was a liar. But I'm telling you today, you can't beat this system. You will always harvest what you plant. And I know the majority of people sitting in in prison cells even today are people who somewhere along the way thought that they could beat the legal system. They thought they could outsmart the laws. And let's get real. Maybe there are some people that can find a way and and, and break some of the laws and, and outsmart the systems and the legal justice system of this world. There's some people that they may get around some of these laws, but you can't get around God's laws. In the end, you'll pay the price every single time. And so you can't beat this system, but we can leverage it to absolutely, radically bless our lives and change our lives. Amen. And so we're going to get into the word today. I've got three different things we're going to look at regarding uh, uh, the, the area of sowing and reaping, of planting and harvesting. And just know this much, any law that was put into place could either be used for harmful purposes or it can be used for really good purposes. And so as we talk about reaping and sowing, this goes two ways. You plant good seeds, good things are going to happen to you. You plant bad seeds, bad things are going to happen to you. And the sooner we get a hold of this and we leverage this for our benefit, you can have some awesome things happen in your life. Who in here has sown good seeds before and you've reaped some really good harvest? Amen. Who in here, hey, let's be honest, you've planted bad seeds and you've reaped a bad harvest. I've done this. I have, hey, hey, it's come back to me. And in the end, I could sit there and say, man, this isn't fair. But 
if you're mature, you can sit there and say, wait a minute, I'm probably absolutely getting what I deserve because I did this to somebody else. And, you know, maybe you're, you know, we're not at that place yet, but you eventually get there and you can learn to own up to some things and repent and receive forgiveness from God. Amen. So anyway, let's get into the word here. Three different things regarding this topic. Again, we're talking about growing up spiritually and using this law for your good. Number one, don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. Amen. Let's hear it for the deceived people. Good job, good job. Hey, you did it. You did it. <laughs> Amen. And so where do we get this from? Galatians 6, 7. We were just there. I told you to hold your place. So Galatians 6, verse 7. This time what I'm going to do is look at it in the New King James. Galatians 6, verse 7. New King James. This time it says, do not be deceived. God is not Mocked. Here it is. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. All right? And so most people in here know the verses I'm sharing. And to some extent, they get the law that we're talking about today. However, listen, when you go about your life planting wrong seeds and honestly thinking it's not going to come back on you, you're deceived. I'm going to say it again. You may, you know, hey, I've heard those verses. I kind of, you know, I get it. I totally understand that. Well, listen, apparently there's a lot of people that get this, but they're still deceived because they honestly think that they can go around planting whatever seeds and they don't realize that it's going to come back. They will reap a harvest. God will not be mocked. And so anybody that thinks they're the exception to the rule, the exception to God's law, that they can beat the system, you're really trying to mock God or make a fool of him. I didn't think that would be very popular, but so I'm going to say it again. Listen, if you honestly think that you're the exception to the rule that you, you know, that, that applies to everybody else, but you're allowed to just go around planting these seeds everywhere and it's not going to affect you. You're just going to get No, listen, you're trying to mock God and God will not be mocked. You cannot beat this law. You will always reap what you sow. And in fact, I want you to get this so much that I want to say this together. Say this, I will always reap what I sow. Now say this, this can be good or this can be bad. I'm going to choose for it to be good. Now give yourselves a hand because you're so awesome. Amen. Amen. Now we know this much that sometimes we plant the seeds and it doesn't happen instantly, right? Maybe like, man, I planted some good seeds and I haven't seen the harvest yet. Hey, sometimes it takes a minute, but it always works. You will always harvest what you plant. You know, the other day I was driving down the road and I sometimes when I'm driving, I have deep thoughts. Now, this is very rare because most of the time I'm not having deep thoughts. I'm having stupid, shallow thoughts, you know, like I shared a few weeks ago about the, the DuckTales theme song. I, you know, I was deep in thought and people thought I was getting a revelation from God. I was like, no, I'm thinking about that baseline. But anyway, uh, but this was a rare exception where I was actually deep in thought. And I was just thinking about all the people that complain about uh, their waiters and waitresses 
waitresses. Uh, they're complaining about uh, the cashiers at the store. They're complaining about the clerk at 7-Eleven. They're complaining about, you know, they're complaining about all these people. And I don't know. I just, this thought came to me. I wonder if all the people that complain about everybody else doing their job all the time, I, I just wonder if maybe they're simply reaping a harvest on the bad job they do for their boss. I don't know. I just thought about it. Maybe I'm wrong. But but maybe, maybe all the people are like, man, this waitress was so slow. Man, this guy didn't even ring my stuff up right. Man, these people, they can't even blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you show up to work late all the time. You only work 30% of the time that you're there. The rest of the time you're playing on your phone, watching TikTok videos while you're supposed to be helping people. And maybe, just maybe... You don't deserve to go into Chili's and get treated like the king of England. Because you stink at your job. I'm just saying maybe. So don't do a terrible job for your employer and expect that you deserve to get treated like royalty when you go to the movie theater or anybody else. Maybe you're getting exactly what you deserve. Amen. It was just a deep thought that I had, but I don't know. I could be wrong. So listen, listen. I just know this much. God put this law into place right after the flood, right there in Genesis chapter 8, right after Noah and the guys made it through the flood. And he said, as long as the earth remains, it will always be this way. It'll never change. There will always be planting and harvesting, sowing and reaping. It'll never change. And then all the way in the New Testament and the epistles, it said the same thing. You will, you're not going to mock God. You're not going to make God eat his own words. It's not going to happen. You will always reap what you sow. And if you think different, you are deceived. You know, I was listening to Pastor Craig Groeschel and, and he, he said one time he asked his congregation because he just he was running a test here he said how many people in the room by show of hands battle with self-deception now he pastors a church with like 30,000 people he said just a few people raised their hands and then he asked this question how many in the room know somebody else that battles self-deception and every hand was like oh yeah <laughs> we know oh yeah we know i know somebody else not me no not me but i know somebody else that battles self-deception well what does this tell us that most people on some level have some level of self-deception because if you think that everybody else struggles with it but not you no no, no it couldn't be you then there's an issue there and Perhaps you are the one that is deceived. I'm, I'm not saying you are, but there is a chance. Now, there's this story that I've told a lot of times, but it's just perfect for this. Um, I read about uh, this lady was watching the eve, the 5 o'clock news uh, one day, and she saw that there was somebody driving the wrong way on the freeway. And she's like, oh, man, that's the road that my husband uh, takes home from work. This I, I got to get a hold of him. So she's watching the news. The helicopter is up above the freeway. And sure enough, there's this one person driving the wrong way up the freeway. She calls honey Watch yourself. Apparently on the freeway, there's somebody, there's somebody driving the entire wrong way against all the rest of the traffic. And he's like, tell me about it. And it's not just one person. There's thousands of them. So here's the deal. Sometimes the deceived individual is convinced that everybody, man, what's everybody's problem? What's going on here? Well, it, listen, 
maybe, just maybe, you're the deceived one like this guy was right here. But a, a very familiar verse at this church, James 1.22. By show of hands, who could, I'm not going to ask you to quote it, but who could honestly quote James 1.22 without me having to go there? you got to know this verse. This is, again, New Testament uh, essentials. James 1 and verse 22. James 1.22. We use this a lot. I didn't realize how much I used this verse until, I don't know, until I realized how much I used this verse. But I think I use it in every sermon now. James 1, verse 22. And it tells us this, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Why? Well, then you're only deceiving yourself, right? And so there's a lot of people that are hearers of the word. They hear the word of God, but they don't ever do the word of God. What do we call somebody that hears the word, but doesn't do the word? What are they? They're deceived, right. And and who is the one deceiving them? Is it the devil? No. Is it their fellow church members? Is it, the, is it their political enemies? No. Who is responsible for the deception if you hear the Bible but don't do the Bible. Yeah, the the person themselves is the one responsible for the deception. And so whenever I read my Bible in the mornings, listen, I don't just sit there and say, okay, wow, I finished another psalm. Let me check that off my list. I read some Bible today. I did my good, you know, I, I paid God his tax. Now I can go on with my day. That's not the way to read the Bible. When you read the Bible, it's not so you can check off your to-do list. We're supposed to, after we read it, challenge yourself and say, okay, how can I do what I just read? How can I put this into practice? How does this apply to me? And as we start doing this, you know, I don't read the Bible and say, okay, this is exactly what my brother needed to hear today. How could he apply this to his life? That's what a deceived person does. You gotta ask the question, how can I apply this to my life? I gotta fix me before I can fix everybody else. Do you get that? You understand this? Amen. And so, the very first thing regarding seed time and harvest is number one, don't be deceived. None of us can break the system. None of us can break this law. And then number two, it's, it's this question. This is going to be a series of questions. Are you trying to beat the system? Are you trying to beat God's system? A, with work. A, all right? This point has subpoints. so follow me, okay? So A, are you trying to beat God's system with your work? Let's look at Colossians 3, verse 23. Now, for some people, this might just be groundbreaking theological revelation. And I'm, praise God, you know, I want you to learn something new. For some people, you've heard this a thousand times. But the point is this, it doesn't matter if this is your first time hearing it or your millionth time hearing it. We're all, it applies to every single one of us. Every single one of us will reap what we sow. So Colossians 3, and we're going to look here at verse 23. Colossians 3. And verse 23. And it tells us this. Work willingly at whatever you do. Well, what if I don't like my boss? Well, what about this? As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Wow. 
come on somebody. That's a good word. That's a heavy revy right there. That's that. That's good. Listen, work as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. If you don't like your boss and that affects your work mode, if that affects the way you do your job, listen, honestly, that's immature. And I know I've had some bad bosses, man, in Oklahoma, my uh, first job in college was cleaning out storage units and I didn't like the job and I didn't like the boss. And so there were times I went, you know what? Yeah, let's just, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, uh, mold my work performance around his attitude. How's that sound? Huh? <laughs> that bit me in the rear end. I didn't work out too good for me, but listen, what if, I did like the Bible said, and even if my boss wasn't awesome, I just pretended as if Jesus was my boss. What happens when I work as if Jesus was my boss, even when my natural boss is bad? What happens? I get promoted. No, but my boss is mean. You, whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes. You think that your promotion is in the hands of your natural employer? No, the the Psalms tells us that promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west or from the north or from the south. No, promotion comes from God. Amen. And so if I'm doing a good job, it doesn't matter if my boss at Fort Irwin doesn't like me. If my boss at the railroad doesn't like me, my promotion isn't in their hands anyway. My promotion is in God's hands. Someone should say amen this morning because that's really good news. Listen, I'm not working for some dude. I'm working for Jesus and he will promote me one way or the other if I give my absolute best. But I've got to sow really good seeds. And then let's just get real. Sometimes you get treated wrongly at work because you're reaping your harvest and you don't work very well. You don't do a good job. Well, you're being mean. No, I'm just, listen, I'm trying to help people this morning. If you want things to change, maybe you should do something a little bit different. If you want to get treated like royalty from your boss, maybe you should start showing up to work and working like somebody that wants to get treated like royalty. Just a thought for your consideration. Now, check this out. B. Let's look at this. Point B. Are you trying to be the system with God's word? Are you trying to beat the system with God's word? If you know the Bible says not to do something or else there's consequences, don't push it and then blame God when things go bad. Right? I mean, listen, maybe your parents warned you as a kid, hey, don't, you know, stick that fork in the electric socket. Something bad's going to happen, right? And then you stick it in there and you, you buzz yourself, right? You get hurt. And then, hey, this isn't fair. Life's no fair. No, you broke the law. Yeah, yeah, you were told not to, and then you did it. That wasn't because you have a bad mom or you have a bad dad. You, you, you misused the system and you got burned for it, right? And so it applies the same way to God's word. If we know the word tells us to not do something or else there's consequences, just trust, trust it, okay? Believe it. You don't have to prove it out. Just believe it that God meant what he said. And we've all seen too many people violate God's word and then something bad happens. And then what do they do? They blame God. Well, where was God? Well, where was he? You know, why did God do this to me? Well, look at this verse, Psalm 1, uh, Proverbs 19, verse 3. 
Proverbs 19, verse 3. Are you still with me today? Proverbs 19 and verse 3. And so we're talking about, hey, sowing and reaping. This can be an incredible, incredible gift from God. Or it could be something that we bring harm onto our lives with. But it all depends on the seeds that we sow. And so Proverbs 19 and verse 3 I highlighted this verse, I underlined this verse, and I put four stars beside this verse in my Bible because it is the absolute truth. Check it out. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. I don't like that because my father gets a bad rap. He gets blamed for things that are not his fault. I'm not talking about my earthly dad. I'm talking about my father in heaven. And so it tells us this right here. Some people ruin their lives by their own foolishness. Then they get angry at the Lord. Is that fair? No, that's not God's fault. When we do something foolish and then we pay the price, especially when we were warned beforehand of the potential risk. That's foolishness. And we bring damage into our lives. And then we want to point the finger at God and blame Him. That's a dangerous game to play. And it's never a game that we can win. And so, just examining your life here. Are you trying to beat the system with your work or maybe even with God's Word? You know, the Bible says to bring the tithe into the storehouse. But you don't want to do that. I'm, you know, well, here he goes talking about money. Listen, I compared to every other pastor I know, barely ever talk about money. So I don't feel bad about this. But listen to me. Listen, it's a spiritual law. You are not exempt from it. Amen? It is too quiet in this. Can you give me more volume on this? I'm not joking. Please give me more volume on the sound booth. I'm trying to yell this morning and I don't like it. Listen, you guys help me out here. I can't throw the ball and catch it too. I need a little help here. Listen, tithing people of the church today. Listen, Is it a good idea to obey God's word with your tithe? Yeah, why? Because there's a blessing in it for you. And then if we don't, then we open the door. God doesn't curse us, but we do open the door in our lives to the curse of this world's financial system. And then can we blame God? Hey, why is my... Why is my money a mess? Why is my stuff always break down? Why does this happen? No, I can't blame God. I tried to beat his system. I tried to break his law and then bad things happened. But I can't blame God. That's called foolishness. All right. Point C is this. Are you trying to beat the system with your work, with God's word? How about in the area of forgiveness? Man, you talk about this like every week. Oh, yeah. Three times a week. Amen. Amen. I talk about this all the time. Why? Because it's what everybody in the world needs to hear all the time. Are you trying to beat God's system with the area of forgiveness? Now, Jesus told us in several New Testament places that you will be forgiven in proportion to the level of forgiveness that you show to other people. Right? 
If, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not thick on the forgiveness for others, I can't expect a bountiful harvest of forgiveness in my life. I reap what I sow. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Matthew chapter 5. It's, it, it's in the Beatitudes. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And so, let's go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. Now, in Matthew 18, I'm not going to read the entire story, but Jesus tells the story of a man who owed millions of dollars to somebody. Can somebody say millions of dollars? So this guy, he couldn't pay uh, the debt that he owed, and so he was sentenced to be put into prison, and his family sold into slavery until the debt could be paid. And so before he's thrown into prison, he falls down on his knees, and he begs for forgiveness from the man that he owes the debt to. Well, the guy feels so bad, feels so sorry. He's like, you know what? I forgive you of the millions that you owe me. You don't owe me a single penny. Go free. I cancel the debt. Now, I'm just saying, what if you owed millions of dollars and the company you owed it to sent you a letter and said, you know what? Don't pay us back. We don't want one single penny. It's entirely canceled and forgiven. Would you feel quite happy? Yeah, that's not a trick question. I believe even my mortgage, it's not millions of dollars, but if they wrote me a letter and said, you know what, don't ever send another payment, it's over, it is paid in full, you don't owe us a penny, brother, you better know it, I would be very, very happy. In fact, I'd probably feel quite generous to other people that maybe owed me. And so this guy, as soon as he's forgiven the millions of dollars, There happens to be another citizen that owes him a couple thousand dollars. Somebody say thousand dollars. And so what does he do? He leaves the forgiveness of the millions and goes straight to the guy that owes him a couple thousand. And he's like, I want my money and I want it now. And the man falls down on his knees and says, no, I I don't have it. Please don't just give me more time. I swear. I, I, I promise I'll pay it. Just give me more time. And he's like, nope. You can't pay it. I'm calling the authority. And what happens? He has this man thrown into jail. You think I'm making this up? Eh? Matthew chapter 18. Read the whole story. And so other people find out about this. They're like, isn't this the guy that just got released for millions of dollars? And now he's going to have somebody thrown into jail that owes him a measly thousand dollars? This isn't right. What do they do? They go to the king and they tell the king the whole story and the king is ticked off. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 31. Matthew 18, verse 31. It says, when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. Can you, they're very, very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that happened. Here it is, verse 32. Then the king called in the man He had forgiven and said, you evil servant. Question, this is Jesus' story. This isn't my story. What does Jesus consider you? If you've been forgiven of a lot, but you won't forgive other people, what is Jesus' definition of you? You're evil. Oh, man, you're evil. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And so if I've been forgiven of much... And I have. The Lord has forgiven me of big things that I've done. Yet I won't forgive somebody else for what they've done to me. 
By Jesus' definition, I am an evil servant. I am an evil person. He says, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king, woo, the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And I'm guessing that took a long time because it's very hard to earn millions of dollars, as far as I know, especially back then. I've never been in prison, but I've heard that it's hard to earn money there. And so, listen, especially back then when prison was a whole different ballgame than it is today, I wonder how long it took him to, uh, to, to earn millions of dollars to pay off his debt. But here's the bottom line, verse 35. That is what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Someone should say a little amen today. It's the truth. It's the truth. What, what did we just read? It's a story of reaping and sowing. It's a story of God's law working in real time. It's a story of you plant certain seeds, you harvest those seeds. If I plant corn, I'm not going to reap bananas. If I, if I plant, if, if I plant seeds for green beans, I don't get the right to say, well, I know I planted these seeds, but I changed my mind. Now I, I would like to reap a harvest of, you know, corn or whatever. No, no, I'm, I planted them. That's what I'm going to harvest. No doubt about it. But listen, that's a story of Jesus showing somebody that was deceived. They thought that They deserved to be forgiven of millions, but somebody else didn't deserve to be forgiven of their little thing. What is that? That's called deception. And according to Jesus, that's called evil. And it also apparently makes the king very angry. And I know that seems like, man, this whole thing's a downer. No. In the beginning of the whole message, we talked about this. Any law that's in place scientifically, spiritually, listen, it could either be used for harm Or on the flip side, it can be used to absolutely change your life and bring huge blessings into your life. And so number three is this, and this is good. This isn't bad. This is good. You will always harvest what you plant. And the sooner you get those seeds planted, listen the sooner God's got something to start working with in your life. I remember one time Pastor Katie and I were in a bad financial bind and I needed a thousand dollars by the end of the week. Now, for some of you, that's like, well, that's nothing. How could that be? Well, good for you. But for me, that was bad and I didn't have it. And so I was like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And so I was praying and, and I came up to my wife and I said, listen, honey, I'm trusting the Lord for a financial harvest by Friday. And she kind of looked at me and tilted her head a little bit. And I don't know about you, but I found out that, I mean, that's usually something that she's getting ready to say something that I may not agree with. And so she tilts her head. She's like, huh? Financial harvest? Have we planted any financial seeds? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. And, and, and with my lightning quick mind, the Lord spoke this to me. And this isn't even a revelation. This is just any old buddy could stumble over this. You can't harvest what you haven't planted. 
Some of you still don't get it. So you got that look behind your eyes like, uh, open your eyes. Listen, listen, listen. You can't reap what you didn't sow. Okay, let me try it. Listen, if you're praying, Lord, I need a financial harvest, but you didn't plant any financial seeds, it's not coming. It's not. If you need a harvest of mercy and forgiveness, but you only plant seeds of bitterness, unforgiveness, showing no mercy to anybody, well, Captain Insano shows no mercy. That's right, you're Captain Insano. You're a nut. Listen, it ain't coming. My older brothers are farmers. They, they, they do hundreds of acres of corn and soybeans and wheat in Indiana. And how dumb would it be? You know, October is harvest season. If they went out there in October, stared at the field like, wait a minute, where's the corn? Where's the, where's the wheat? All my neighbors have some. Where's mine? I claim it in the name of Jesus. Hey, I believe in claiming stuff in the name of Jesus, but I don't believe in claiming things I never planted. Why? Because God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And so in this situation, I was like, well, um, I don't have much to sow, but you better believe it. I'm going to get something in the ground because the sooner it gets in the ground, the sooner it can start working. Amen. And so we happen to have a guest uh, preacher in uh, at the church that weekend. And man, I gave the best that I could give. I'm telling you, I really honestly did. And and and, and sometimes the harvest, it takes a while. But in this case, it didn't take a while, man. I'm, I'm telling you, man, by that evening, I, I don't know how God did it, but I just know he did it. A harvest started coming to me from every single direction. I'm serious, man. Monday, I go to the mailbox. You know, I'm getting like, hey, you paid too much on your insurance three years ago when we just caught the... And they, you know, they're sending me... All this just crazy things. Man, by Friday, I had like double what I needed. And I'm telling... what? Yeah, amen. Why? Why? Because it's this law that God put in to place thousands of years ago. And if I work with this system, some really awesome things can happen in my life. It's incredible. It's great. I love it. And it doesn't just work for me. It applies to everybody. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. It works for everybody. Now, sometimes it happens quick and sometimes it takes a little while but it does always happen. Galatians 6, 9. Let's look at this. Galatians 6, 9. Amen. We always harvest what we plant. Who knows that? Galatians 6 and verse 9. Galatians 6, verse 9. And we're going to look at it in the King James. Galatians 6. Verse 9, and I just like it in the King James because that's how I've heard it my whole life. (laughs) It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. What does that mean? Let us not grow tired in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Or at just the right time we will harvest if we don't give up, if we don't quit. And so I'm telling you today, if you have sown good seeds, you have a harvest coming. If you have sown good seeds, you have a harvest coming in 
to your life. Now, we don't always know when it's coming, but it does always come. What's my job? My job is to not give up. And I'm going to tell you something real right now. Your future depends on the seeds you're sowing right now. Do you want a great big harvest later this year or or whenever you're in a moment of need? Do you? Listen, your future depends on the seeds that you're sowing right now. You can't reap what you don't sow. You won't reap what you don't sow. And I know this much. I need every possible blessing of God on my life. Am I the only one? Do you need every? I mean, if it's a blessing that God has, I want it. Well, that's selfish. Call me self, whatever you want to call me, man. I want every single blessing that God wants me to have. I need him to bless my health. I need him to bless my children. I need him to bless my money. And so it is imperative that I'm sowing the right seeds right now in my life. And oftentimes there's been something really good happened to me. Out of nowhere, it seems like. And I'm like, man, why did that happen? Where did that come from? And a lot of times, the Lord's brought back to my memory. Hey, remember that time when you helped that guy out? This is your harvest. Like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I forgot all about it. But in just the right time, God has brought the harvest back into my life. He has a great way of doing this, I'm telling you right now. And in your life, maybe you're in a spot where, man, I need something right now. Hey, there's really good news. If you've been planting seeds this whole time, the harvest is coming. But you're like, well, I haven't planted any seed. Well, here's really good news. You can start planting some seeds right now and get the seed into the ground. The sooner you knew, the sooner God's got something to start working with to bring the harvest into your life. And like, well, I need a really big harvest. Then, hey, let's plant some big seeds. Let's go. One final verse, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. Now, we understand that we don't have to do a bunch of good things to make God love us, right? You know that. We're not earning God's love through all this. He loves us regardless. And we don't have to do a bunch of good things to earn salvation. It's a gift from God. Amen. That is called grace. We understand that. But I also know that God set up this really cool system of planting and harvesting. And if I will work this system to my advantage, I can have some really cool things happen in my life. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. The Apostle Paul tells us this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a crop. So if I plant a few seeds, will I get a crop? Absolutely, yeah. It'll be, it'll be a small crop if I, it'll be a few, you know, if I plant a small amount of seeds, I'll, hey, I'll get a harvest. It'll be a small crop, but thank God, I get something. But check this out. According to the Bible, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Hey, I'm just thankful for a crop either way, but if I've got the choice to have a small crop or a generous crop, I'm going to choose the generous crop, right? I, you know, I like more than I like less. I'm thankful for, you know, whatever, but 
according to the Bible. I'm not making this up. I'm not twisting scripture. I'm not manufacturing something here. Straight up Bible. Listen, I'll reap what I sow. And if I sow big things, I will reap big things. Amen. And so if I want a bountiful harvest of goodness in my life, I'm going to plant a bunch of seeds of goodness to other people. If I want a bountiful harvest of whatever, I'm going to plant those seeds because I will harvest what I planted. And so the final question today is this, and we're going to wind things down here. We're talking to Christians that want to grow up. We're talking to people that want to mature in the Lord. The question is, what are you planting? I mean, I can't answer it for you, but you've got to ask yourself that question. What are you planting? And so we could either be really excited, like, oh, man, yes, I've got some good things coming, and I pray that's the answer. And sometimes we can be like, wait, okay, well, I've been planting some of the wrong things, but here's the deal. I'm stopping it today, and I'm asking God for forgiveness. And we use this phrase, I'm praying for crop failure. Amen? I'm praying for God to just fail that crop, and by his mercy, certainly not because I deserve it, but by his mercy, may he cancel the seeds that I have planted. But either way, whatever it is that you need a harvest of in your future or even in your immediate, it's time that we start planting those seeds right now. And if you've already been planting the right seeds, rejoice and start talking to God and saying, Lord, I have planted those seeds. I am standing on your word and I am ready for my harvest. I'm ready for this to come in. Amen. And so the bottom line is this. If you're going to grow and mature as a Christian, every grown up Christian has to understand this law right here. You reap what you sow, you harvest what you plant, and you have got to decide to use this and leverage this for your own benefit. Amen. Can someone say amen today? Amen. All right. Let's stand up together. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, as we wind things down here right now today, you know, we are in Galatians 6, and and verse 8 tells us that anyone that sows to the flesh, all right, to their natural tendencies, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap life everlasting. Amen. And so the biggest thing that we could offer anybody today is the chance, amen, to receive eternal life from God Almighty. This isn't a gift that I can give. This isn't a gift that you can earn. This is a gift of God that all we got to do is call on the name of the Lord. Amen. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer today. But if you're here today, And you don't know with certainty in your heart that you have things right with God. Maybe you did at one point, but you kind of walked away. Maybe you did it somewhere along the journey. You kind of veered off the path. Well, we're not here to to ridicule you for that. We're not here to put you on the spot. But what we are here to do today is this, is to say, hey, let's fix it. This is totally fixable if we will call on the name 
of the Lord. And so I'd be a fool, I'd be mean if I didn't give you this chance today. You'll never have a better chance than you have right now. The Bible says, behold, today is the day of salvation. Amen. So I want us to bow our heads, to close our eyes, and we're going to say a, a prayer together today. And you're like, well, I've prayed this before. Well, hey, pray it again. And maybe you're like, well, I just don't know about this. I'm telling you, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can we say this together? Say, Father, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your Son, that He died, that He rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for You. My life is Yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? Hallelujah. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it, all right, and either this is the first time you've done this, or maybe this is your moment of coming back to God. This is my friend Jose right here. He's got his hand raised. I'm going to invite you, uh, as, as others come up for prayer in a minute, go right to Jose. He'll get your name and your number. And with your permission, we would set you up with somebody else from church that's called a spiritual personal trainer. They'll take the next 30 days to mentor you. They will text you uh, Bible verses every day. They will talk with you. Uh, they will be your mentor for 30 days to get you on the right path. And so we can see you succeed in your journey with the Lord. Amen. All right, listen, if you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, we're going to invite you to come forward. I've got my prayer team here. And if there's something that you need uh, God to intervene in, we've got people of faith right here that would love to hook up with you today. Either way, Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship. And uh, I just, again, we're working on this as a church. But if you don't need prayer, hey good for you, but other people do. There's people that came today that have a bad situation going on, and maybe your life is roses. Good for you. We love you. But what I want you to do is be respectful to those that are up here. And if you've got what you need, praise God. Pray for the other people that need a miracle. I humbly and politely ask you to not go around talking to your friends telling jokes. Give God about five more minutes of your week right here to touch somebody else's life. Pray for those that need prayer. Can we do that today? You know I love you. I say it out of love. Amen. All right, Pastor Josh, lead us in some worship. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? 
What a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is In the name of Jesus Christ my King What a wonderful name it is Nothing compares to this What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus What a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Christ My King What a wonderful name it is Nothing compares to this What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Death could not hold you The veil tore before you You silenced the boast Of sin and grave The heavens are roaring of your glory before you are raised to life again you have no rival you have no equal now and forever God you Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my what a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Death could not hold you The veil tore before you You silenced the boast of sin and grave The heavens are roaring The praise of your glory For you are raised to life again You have no rival You have no equal now and forever, God, 
you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus.
say praise the Lord. Thank you everybody for sticking with us today. Did anybody receive from the word of God today? Right. Well, hey, check it out. We got service tonight all over again at six o'clock and it's going to be absolutely awesome. And so uh, just stay connected. I, I always encourage people sometimes during the summer months, uh, you know, we're tempted to kind of back off a little. Don't do that. Amen. Take lots of good vacations, but stay connected to the word of God, to the house of God. Amen. And doing what God says to you. And it's going to be a great summer. All right. Let's go ahead and we will. Uh, close out in prayer and do our Barstow Faith Confession and we will be back tonight at 6 o'clock. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God today. And Lord, we know it's the truth that we will always reap what we sow. And so I pray for us uh, in our lives, in our households, Lord, uh, in our church, that we would plant good seeds so we can get a good harvest in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, just help us to, to harness this law, to channel it for good things in the name of Jesus and not things. And Lord, we know that you're going to use us this week to show your love to those around us. We love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow today. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you tonight.